the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Because if Jesus is not Lord of all, he might not be Lord at all. Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching the Word of God with truth right from the Bible. For more information, go to corechurchla.org. That's corechurchla.org. For today's Core Truth, we are picking up in our study in John chapter 3 in a message titled Seeking for Less. He wants to illuminate us. He wants us to see things that we wouldn't normally see. How can we look into the spiritual and understand what God means? How can we really know the God of all eternity when we live in a world that is so distant from God? It's through the Holy Spirit. Because he came to illuminate us. He came to cause us to see things that we wouldn't normally see. That we could actually know God. Yes, John the Baptist could have been upset. He could have been jealous, even envious of Jesus. He could have thought, what am I going to do now? Where am I going to go? Yet we, like John the Baptist, must be careful when change happens. Why? Well, for a couple reasons. Number one, we don't like change, right? Especially if it's a lesser you know, view of things or a lesser position. We don't like that to happen in our lives. And number two, we don't like getting passed over or being, not being noticed for all that we do. Why again? Because we like attention. Yet with John the Baptist, we see why Jesus said this about him in Matthew 11. He, he, Jesus said, there was no one greater, no other greater prophet than John the Baptist. Because of that, he immediately sets his disciples straight. He tells him in verse 27, a man can receive nothing unless it has been given to him from above. What a great point that is that he makes. He says, I was only great. I only had the big crowds. People came to listen to me. It's only because of him. It was only because of his anointing. It was only because of the Holy Spirit. You know, people have come to me at times and said, that was a great Bible study because it was a great text. It was a great text. It's like, Lord, don't let me butcher the greatest message you've ever given us on the planet in this book right here. And so it's like, you know, only he gets the glory for things. I love what the Apostle Paul said in uh, 1 Corinthians 4, 7. He says, for who regards you as superior? And what do you have that you did not receive? But if you did receive it, why do you boast as if you had not received it? Because people will say, you know, I'm such a great singer. I'm such a great, you know, actor. I'm such a great this. Maybe you've been very successful in your business, whatever you do. Maybe you're very good at what you do. And you think to yourself, you know, I'm so good. Look at me. Look what I've been able to accomplish. Look at this business that I built from scratch and all of these things. But don't you realize that everything you have has been given to you? It's a gift. Everything that you have, the ability to work. The mind that creates a job for us. 
You know, all of those things are a gift from God. He's the one who gives us the ability to move, to speak, to think, to contemplate. All of these things, it's all a gift of God. So how can any of us ultimately really take credit for anything that we do? And so it goes for in the church also. If you have been given a gift to encourage other believers as a believer and you come alongside people or you have a gift of prayer and you're always praying for people, don't take credit for that for yourself. It was all a gift from God. And he simply used you as a vessel to bless someone else. Maybe you have a real giving heart and you've blessed other people financially. Well, praise God for that because you've become a good steward of his finances. So he's entrusted you with that so you could bless. But don't pat yourself on the back. God has given you that. That's what John was saying. Look, everything that you saw in me, he's telling his disciples, there was all a gift from God. I'm a servant to do the will of God. All that he desires me to do. I'm not envious of Jesus. I'm not jealous of him. John the Baptist was saying, I know my place. I have done my appointed task. I was called from the foundation of the world with this purpose, to prepare the way of the Christ, the Messiah. And that's what I have done. I was not called to compete with him. I was only called to serve him. And that's what we need in the church, is servants, People that are willing to serve. You know, when people pull into this parking lot, we have a tiny parking lot. And so it's like we have parking lot servants out there that are, that are directing cars so we can maximize our small parking, you know, area. You know, we have security. We have LAPD police officers. You know, we have a man named John. In fact, he's right here in the front. He, you know, he oversees our security department, you know, and it's like we have ushers, we have greeters, we have all your children that are being taught. They're not being babysat in there. They're being taught the word of God on their level. I have children in this ministry, I call them mine. It's like, and they have more scripture memorized than many of you have memorized. It's amazing, these little minds, they, they memorize scripture and they get little Bible gifts and everything. We give them all these little goods and gifts and they, they can quote so many, there's one little girl, Alyssa, she, oh my goodness, this girl's like a Bible commentator. I mean, I'll have to go up to her. What was that verse again? Uh, remind me. I'm just like, she comes up to me all the time. Yeah, Pastor Steve, I have another verse. Lay it on me, girl. Just lay it on me. And she gets it from, from beginning to end, and she's always perfect. And I'm just, uh, I'll go along with her. She's quoting, I'm thinking, like, I have that one memorized too. And they're like, oh, wait a second, I butchered mine. You have it right. <laughs> it's like, but it's like, these are the things that we do. But who's teaching those kids? It's volunteers. You know, the people that run the, the screens, the video cameras, you know, everything that we do here, it's, they're servants. Maybe you've been coming to church here for quite some time, and this is your church. You know, well, we're thankful to have you as part of the body of Christ. But isn't it time for maybe you to serve in some capacity? Maybe it's time for you to walk into the children's ministry and say, you know what, I'd like to help serve here. I want to help. Because what we ask for servants is that you would come to two services, you know, one to serve and one to sit to hear the message. And so if that's something that maybe God's been kind of urging your heart, then maybe you need to say, yes, Lord, so that you can be part of being a servant here and be a blessing to so many people that are around us. But again, let me ask you, can you say that in the midst of whatever you are in life and whatever occupation you hold? Are you seeking after and desiring to be used by God in the midst of your everyday life? 
at work, at home, in your leisure time? Are you fulfilling his calling in your life? God wants to use all of us in that capacity. Are you fulfilling his calling in your life? And when God does use you, you know, do you always give him the glory and the honor? Do we praise him for the fruit that comes out of our lives? I remember the time that I lost my wedding ring in a lake, okay? And so I just remember, you know, we were out there, we were water skiing. Now, this is back in Virginia. It's a pretty big lake, and someone had loaned us their house. I don't know who it was. I mean, didn't loan it to me, but loaned it to another friend, and then we all kind of gathered down there, different people from the church. There was like 10 or 12 people down there, and we're using someone's house. And so they had like a boat dock, and one of the other guys had a boat, and, you know, and so we're water skiing all around the lake, and then they had this big blow-up fun island. I was like the king of fun island. You know, you're out of here. Okay, anyway, sorry. I'm a little competitive, but uh, anyway, so we were doing that. We were diving off the end of the dock, you know, swimming out like who could hold their breath the longest and get the farthest, all of this stuff. Well, I stepped on a piece of glass and my foot is bleeding. So I had to go up and well, they were serving lunch there. So I'm eating lunch. My foot is throbbing, you know, like boom, throb, throb. And then I looked down and my ring was gone. And I'm like, oh, bummer. I must have lost it, you know, at water skiing or something. And I'm like, and I told everyone, I go, I lost my ring in the lake. And then one brother says, well, let's just pray. God knows where it's at. I'm like, oh, oh yeah. Man of faith here. I'm like, well, uh, well, brother, why don't you pray? <laughs> so, so he did. His name was Mike. And he goes, Lord, you're the God of heaven and earth. God, you know exactly where that ring is. Show us where the ring is. And I'm thinking, oh, you poor soul. <laughs> it's like, everyone said, amen. Okay, amen. <laughs> you know? And I'm looking out the window as he's praying, because he's sitting by the window looking at me. And I'm looking over his shoulder while he's praying. I'm like, that's a big lake. And so anyway, I'm just kinda, I just kind of chuckled it off like, yeah, right. Like we're going to find the ring in the lake, you know? And so anyway, we're eating lunch and all that. And, and then, uh, I, you know, I'm like, hey, where's Mike? He goes, oh, he's down there looking for your ring. I'm like, oh, geez, poor soul. And so he's down there with a mask on. He's swimming around thinking, like, oh my goodness. So I thought, I felt bad for him. He's looking for my ring. So I go down there. There was another mask. So I put the mask on and I'm like, this is ludicrous. We're looking for the ring in the lake. Like we're, you know, and the water was so murky. You could only see like this far in front of your face. So I remember I was over by Fun Island. I go, well, let me swim over by the end of the dock. I know I was jumping off of there. So I, I dive all the way down to the bottom. It's about six feet deep there. And my chin is literally like scraping the bottom because you couldn't see. It was just so murky. And then all of a sudden I see this perfectly round indenture. You couldn't see any gold. It was just this round. And so I, I put my finger through and I pull it. It's my ring. And I'm like, I'm like, I pull all the air out. I come up. I found it, you know? And it's like the Lord spoke to me right there. Don't ever say, I can't find something. I'm like, okay. It's just, I mean, who gets the glory for that? Me finding it? I don't think so. Man, the Lord had to like, I mean, talk about having to use a donkey here, man. I mean, he's kicking me. It's like, see, God uses donkeys. My wife tells me that all the time anyway. But but, uh, anyway, I just, it's amazing. God gets the glory. There's no room for any pride. No room for arrogance in the life of the believer. 
yeah, I prayed for them and they were healed. Uh, well, if God gave you, you know, that blessing to pray for them and they were healed, well, praise the Lord, but give him the glory. Yeah, I talked and they got saved. It's like, hey, listen, I've talked to a lot of people and I've led a lot of people to Christ, but it's not because of me. It's because of the Holy Spirit. Because let me tell you, I've, I've talked to people where I thought, man, I got this verse down and that verse down. And I just went systematically through and they just looked at me like, yeah, whatever. And they walked away. And there's been other times I talked like porky pig. I could barely get it out. And the person gave their life to Christ. So it's all the Lord. It is all him. You know, and it's like, and don't ever look at someone and say, you know, I'd never sin like that, brother. Uh, watch out. You never know. The Bible says this in Proverbs 16, 18. He says, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before stumbling. God went on in the next verse in Proverbs 16, 19 and says, it is better to be of a humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. Yes, John knew and he accepted his place and his position in life. He was a servant. He was not the master. Let me ask you, Are you here in this life to serve or to be served? Because in all honesty, we kind of like to be served, don't we? I mean, don't you like, I mean, have you ever had the, you got the nice hotel and you got the nice place and, you know, whatever it is, because we do a lot of points. And so, you know, me and my wife have stayed at some nice hotels because we get the free points. And then it's like, you stay at a nice hotel and they're, yes, how can I serve you? Yes, I like that. Serve me. (laughs) It's like, but it's like in life, God has called us to serve. He's called us to give up of our time. John the Baptist was here to serve, and he rejoiced in his calling from God. He said in verse 29 that Jesus is the bridegroom, and we all know that the bride is the church. It's you and me. Yet John was more than happy to be the best man standing to the side. He was called to assist in God's eternal plan for the salvation of all humanity. Know this, we are all called to do the same. God allows us to be vessels. It's like you think, oh man, it's like God's making me serve him. No, God's not making you. It's a great privilege to serve him. He allows us to serve him, to serve him as he reaches out through us, in and through us with his great love to this sin-filled world that's dying all around us. He's entrusted us with the gospel message that God came to the earth to die for the sin of all humanity, of each and every one of us. He died on the cross for us. John the Baptist was not going to step in the way of that message. So he sums up his entire ministry and his whole life in verse 30. What does he say again? He must increase and I must decrease. Jesus has to increase. I'm no longer relevant now. And we're all called to do the same because we all come to Jesus in many ways, do we not? And we all have a little extra baggage that we came with. We come to Jesus with our emptiness. We come to him with our loneliness. We come to Jesus with our sin and our guilt and our shame. We come to him with our fears and anxiety. We come to him with pain and grief. We come to him with our addictions and our vices. And yet God does what? He promises not to turn one of us away. But once we come to him, and once we all start the process that John so fully understood, we must decrease as he increases in our lives. Understand, there can only be one master in each of our lives. There's only room for one. Who is your master? 
Is it Jesus or is it you? Who's the master of your life? Who's the majority stockholder inside of your heart? Because if Jesus is not Lord of all, he might not be Lord at all. Yes, change was going to happen for John the Baptist. Both Jesus and John the Baptist were preachers of righteousness. Yet John's course was coming to an end as Jesus was just beginning here. John was losing the crowds along with all his disciples while Jesus was consumed in the crowds and was gaining disciples. John was fading like a star that was fading, yet Jesus was like the sun rising on a new era. No longer would man be separated by God, from God through his own sin, for God had come to the earth as a man, and he, the creator, was going to die for his creation for you and me. John understood this completely, which brings up our point, which will be quick here, filled to increase. Let's read what he says next here in verse 31. He who comes from above, Jesus who comes from above is above all. That shouldn't be hard to understand, right? Jesus is above all. Yeah. And he who is of the earth talking about himself is from the earth. And I speak of the earth. He who comes from heaven again is above all. What he has seen and heard, of that he bears witness, and no man receives his witness. He who has received his witness has set his seal to this, that God is true. When you receive Jesus, then you understand that God is true. His word is true. For he whom God has sent speaks the words of God, for he gives the spirit to him without measure. It's like he just lays it alone. I'm from the earth. I'm from the world. He's from above. He's in charge of everything. John the Baptist ends this chapter with this little comparison. And that is fitting for our title today, Seeking for Less. For John the Baptist was a man from the earth. Just like he said in verse 31. And according to verse 30, Jesus again must increase while John must decrease. And again, you know, why must Jesus increase? Well... John gives us five good reasons in these final few verses. In verse 31, number one, Jesus had a heavenly origin. He comes from above, therefore he is above all. Number two, verse 32, Jesus has seen and heard all things firsthand with his own eyes and his own ears. Why? Because he is God. Number three, verse 33 and 34, Jesus has the witness of heaven. He has the seal of God and he speaks truth and truth only. Number four, verse 34, Jesus has an unlimited source of the Holy Spirit that's been given to him. It's without measure. Nothing is impossible for him. First Corinthians 3.16, by the way, says that we have the Holy Spirit inside of us. Do you not know that you're the temple of God? Do you not know that the Spirit of God dwells in you also? So we can be vessels of great honor to him because a peace of God is inside of us. A peace and the power is inside of us. And finally, number five, verse 31 again, he comes from above and Jesus is above all names. Remember what it says in Philippians 2, 10 and 11? It says that one day every knee will bow And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. People on earth say, he's not my Lord. I'm not going to follow him. Oh, well, you might say that in this life. 
But in the next life, you will bow before Jesus Christ and you will confess that he is Lord with your own tongue. You will bow before him because that will happen to every single person on the planet. The problem is if you don't bow to it here, you bow to it there, you will say it differently. You will say, oh, Jesus is Lord. He is. Oh, how did I miss that? Oh my goodness. As you'll be banished from him for all eternity. Which brings up our final point. He says, warned to follow. This is our point, warned to follow. We are warned to follow God. Now, progressive Christians don't like this. It's like, no, the Bible is just all love. Jesus just love everybody. Live any kind of lifestyle you want. God is love. It's just love, 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 love. It's like, hold on. God says, we have to repent. And if we don't repent, you're not getting God's love. You have to turn from sin or they're not getting God's love. So how does he end this chapter? Look at verse 35. The father loves the son and has given all things into his hand. He who believes in the son has eternal life, but he who does not obey the son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides in him. Well, you can't say Jesus anywhere. Boy, it's amazing. You can say Buddha, you can say, you know, Muhammad, you can say everything in this world, but you start talking Jesus, boy, I'll tell you, it's going to get you in trouble. But if you don't follow Jesus then the wrath of God will follow you. Everyone who downs Jesus, everyone who rejects him, the wrath of God will follow you. Yes, Jesus must increase. He is from above. He is above all. He came to the earth to die for his own creation. And we are of the earth. We have no hope of making it on our own. There's no way we can get to heaven on our own. That's why we must come to him. For who are we really on our own? Who are we really? Why should any of us be allowed to go to heaven? Because we're good? Good, really? In whose eyes are we good? Who do we compare ourselves with? Because God commands perfection. Think about that. Think of the magnitude of perfection. It has to be perfect. It can't be flawed, even in the slightest. I mean, we are flawed, so heavily flawed. Now, many of us camouflage the flaw, the flaws in our lives. And, and we try to be good, and we should try to be good. Especially as Christians, we should try to be good. We should try to change our nasty attitude and be loving and kind. And yes, absolutely. But to say that we're perfect on our own, impossible. But Jesus bore our sin. He bore it on the cross. He, we trade in our, our, our filthy rags and he gives us righteousness. The word righteousness means in right standings with God. We are made righteous as believers. We are in right standings. God has made us pure and holy because of his blood that he shed, not because of anything that we've done. And those who try to get in another way besides Jesus, you're going to be left with the obvious problem. You're not going to make it because you're not perfect and your sin will always show forth. The Bible says we've all sinned. And that again is why Jesus came. Let me read you what it says in Hebrews 1. Just the first couple verses of Hebrews. And it says in chapter 1 verse 1. It says, God after he spoke long ago to the fathers and the prophets in many ways. He spoke through Moses, Abraham, Elijah, Elisha, Jeremiah, Isaiah, Ezekiel. He spoke in many ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us in his son, 
whom he appointed heir of all things. Now, I had Jehovah's Witnesses come to my door yesterday proclaiming that Jesus was Michael the archangel. And I was like, no. <laughs> so they tried to bring up verses where God is talking to the son and the son talking to God. And they, you know, tried to bring up these few verses like that. And you could, t- you could take this too. You know, in the last days, God has spoken to us in his son. Okay? God has spoken to us in his son, which he appointed above all things. And he, talking about the son, Jesus, he's the radiance of his glory and the exact representation of his nature. And when he had made purifications of sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty. Look, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty. Could you continue to read? Continue to read. Having become as much better than the angels, for to which of the angels did God ever say, Thou art my son, today I have begotten thee. But of the son, God says, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. Here's God calling the son God. Wow, great proof text for who Jesus really is. Amen and amen to that. That's all the time we have for our message. Thanks for joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app. Available on iOS and Android. Core Church is sponsored by and a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you have been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA one word, that's Core Church LA, to 77977. And remember, there's a God in heaven who loves you. Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.